0: Hey, Bookworms, do I have a deal for you? Right now, the Flight Attendant Joe series is available on Amazon, iTunes, Nook, and Kobo. That's Fasten Your Seatbelts and Eat Your Fucking Nuts, Flight Attendant Joe, and I'm Just Here for the Layovers. Available on ebook and paperback. And here's a little secret that I don't want you to tell anyone, all right? This is just between us. Right now, each ebook is only $2.99. I know, I know. But I did not fall and hit my head. I know exactly what I'm doing. And each one is $2.99 right now. The Flight Attendant Joe series, available on Amazon, iTunes, Nook, and Kobo. If you're looking for an inappropriate laugh, I've done all the work for you. All you have to do is sit back, read, and enjoy. If you enjoy listening to the Grounded with Joe Thomas podcast, please consider becoming a patron today. Visit www.patreon.com slash Thomas. There's multiple tier levels, and each one of them comes with access to the Friday Debrief, which is a short little podcast episode I record on Friday mornings for patrons only. Of course, the podcast is always going to be free on all your podcast apps, but if you want to become a supporter and a patron of the podcast, you can. And just visit www.patreon.com grounded with Joe Thomas. Hey guys, Joe Thomas here. Are you like me? All summer long, I've been just anticipating and excited about the idea of traveling again. I just want to get out, I want to do something. I when my husband asks me to go check the mail, I'm excited, okay? I think just getting out of the house and doing something is the most exciting thing right now. I am so thrilled about the idea of being able to travel again that I'm planning my vacations out until 2025 just so I could look at them on a piece of paper and have something that I can look forward to. If you are right there too and you're excited about travel, I want you to check out Robert and Edgar from The Getaway Guys. I have known Robert for over a decade and he is very passionate about getting you the best deal for your vacation. They cater to airline employees, their parents, and airline retirees, and I don't know if you know this, but I am an airline retiree, and I'm gonna be checking out their website when it's time for me to book my next vacation. They can get great low interline rates with no booking fee, no booking fee. Ladies and gentlemen, that means all that money that you would have been paying for a booking fee is just cash in your pocket, in your wallet, in your purse, that you could spend when you're traveling and exploring and having the adventure of a lifetime and LGBTQ plus travelers, I fall into that category as well, they're authorized sellers of vakaya Atlantis, and RSVP Vacations. They're a one-stop shop. You can do everything on their website, hotel, flights, car rentals, vacation packages. I want you to follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Getaway Guys Travel and then go over to their website, thegetawayguys.com and start looking for your next adventure because they're going to be there ready to book it for you. Again, that's thegetawayguys.com. Check them out now. Please do it. You deserve it. Hello everybody and welcome to Grounded with Joe Thomas. Now, you are in the right place, don't run. Yes, this used to be Grounded with Flight Attendant Joe, but now that the Flight Attendant Joe brand is retired, you are listening to Grounded with Joe Thomas and I'm glad you're here. On today's episode, which is number 52, I brought some OGs back in a two-segment, interview episode. In the first one, we have Rasha Pecoraro, who is a flight attendant and a podcaster. And we talked about hope and how important that is when you're faced with difficult things in life. On the second segment, Justin Seams came back. He is a pilot and also hosts the pilot to pilot podcast. And we talked about what it's like hosting a podcast interviewing. And I asked him some questions about having a job and it being your identity. And how do you balance those things? Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome my guest to the show. Rasha's back on the show. Rasha, welcome. I'm so excited you came on to chat with me again. Oh my God, I love you so much.
1: I'm always excited to talk to you.
0: (laughs) You, you. A lot has changed since you were on the show on February 25th of this year. It was almost like you were here on the show and then March 1st, just shit started hitting the fan and it just <laughs> hasn't stopped.
1: This is so, so true. Like, I don't even, I barely remember it. Like it feels like I'm sure for you too, like 2020 has been cray.
0: <laughs> That's a good, you can't, you don't even have I mean. to say the entire word. <laughs> It's I know so cray. cray, maybe another cray, maybe like it's cray cray, but you don't even have to say crazy cray because cray. it's so insane. I just don't know when it's gonna last. I know.
1: I know. I haven't even flown well, I did like one trip like at the end of March, and then I've been grounded. Like I have been home with my girls since March.
0: Now, how, so April, May, June, I'm the worst. April, May, June, July, August, September. I know, that. So I'm doing it on my fingers <laughs> and I'm not embarrassed. Um so, no, so, like, so like six months now. Now, when are you going back on the airplane?
1: So I am scheduled to go back October. So I um, am one of the few. So my airline um, involuntarily furloughed 400 of us. And I was mm. one of those four hundred. Okay. Um, but with we knew within like I gosh I can't even remember like maybe like eight or nine days after we were furloughed, we were told a hundred and one of us were coming back, and I'm one of those hundred and one. Oh,
0: Congratulations! So. That's <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I'm so I know, happy. It is awesome. So how yeah, did you? So I how did you ex- go back? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was going to ask you how did you find out you were furloughed.
1: So, uh, that's the one thing about my airline, like, they've been amazing at communicating with us. So, we always knew there was a chance, you know, that some of us would get involuntarily furloughed, but they asked for voluntary furloughs, which I know they've done that with so many airlines, and we had more than enough voluntary furloughs that, honestly, we thought we weren't going to have to be involuntary furloughed, but as 2020 has hit the aviation industry particularly hard, um, you know, they ended up having to furlough um, just the 400 of us. But compared to other airlines, that's incredible. But they um, they sent us an email and a letter and a certified letter. Oh, so, wow. like, there was like three, yeah, there we knew that. And then, like I said, like, we knew um, even in that letter, they were saying, hey, no promises, but out of the 400, we're going to bring back as many of you as we can almost immediately. And for us, I'm technically only furloughed for four days. So I go back to flying October 5th, but it was because, um, they needed to, um, force us to another base, which is fine. Like I, I've been San Francisco based, um, or Portland based my entire time flying, which I have my sister, my beautiful sister, Yvette in San Francisco. And then of course I live just outside of Portland. So I was honestly heartbroken that I was losing San Francisco. Um, but I I ended up with Seattle, but I'm only gonna be in Seattle in October and then I'm on a base so I'm back to Portland November first.
0: Okay. So you'll <laughs> so be based it's been in a lot of up and down. You'll be based in Seattle, which isn't that far.
1: No. And no. so my they forced they forced they the majority of us to Seattle and then the other like twenty um, of my classmates were sent to Anchorage. Oh
0: God, no, that would
1: much, be shitty. Yeah. <laughs> so, did you
0: have a choice? Oh my God, when you said Anchorage, I just almost peed my pants because I would almost I rather know, be furloughed. Because um, who know. who wants to be in Anchorage in the winter? But how did you? I know. How did you get Seattle and not Anchorage? Did you guys bid for it, or they're just like, "This is where you guys are." We going? did. Oh, okay. No,
1: we 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 bid for it, but as you know, in the aviation industry, seniority is everything. So, you know, the bottom 20, I mean, out of that bottom 20, only a small handful already were based in Anchorage and wanted Anchorage. But most, you know, we knew it was going to be Seattle, Anchorage, or Portland was going to be an option, but they Mm -hmm. ended up right basing enough that they didn't have to put anyone in Portland. But, you know, I'm Seattle, like, I'm going to fly. So, I mean, I'm going to be back on reserve and I'll just fly up, you know, the night before because I go on call at midnight. But it's a weird feeling because I haven't, I haven't flown. And before, you know, COVID and the pandemic and everything happened, like my sister and I have been traveling nonstop for promotion. So we've Mm -hmm. kind of been, you know, working on things behind the scenes and doing zoom meetings and all this crazy stuff. So like, other than my recurrent that I did in July, I feel like I've done nothing on the plane. So I'm like, I don't know. And then, you know, I mean, as you know I'm the unofficial lesbian cheerleader for my airline so I do like all of my that's the only time I've been leaving the the house has been to do commercials for my airline and also um just different special projects for them Mm -hmm. even though I've been you know on leave at home with my girls um but my my wife has really been having a hard time because she she's only 49 but she um, was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis late last year and me being home with her and our daughter. Like I've been able to see like how fatigued she is and tired and I've been taking care of her and our daughter. Cause she, you know, we literally, the three of us been together 24 seven for the last six months. Right. So I'm, I'm thankful. Yeah. I'm thankful to be with them, but at the same time, I'm scared to death to fly. Like, In the sense that just to be away from my girls, not to fly, because I I did go and see my sister in San Francisco, you know, after we had been quarantining for, I think we were quarantining for like three, no, four months, about five months at that point, actually, because when we finally broke quarantine and I've been, you know, seeing Eva. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, she got tested. I haven't gotten a COVID test yet, but I have a feeling I actually had it in March.
0: Oh really? Yeah, I haven't had a test either. Yeah. I haven't had a test, but I haven't really been around people, so I haven't had the yeah. idea to get one done.
1: Right, and you've been home and you've retired. Like how does that feel?
0: Oh, goodness. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. I don't regret it one. Aww. I don't regret I was I was done. I was at that point where I was like yeah. I am good and, you know, back when we talked in February, I had no idea by October, September, I would not be a flight attendant anymore. And by June, right? because I had just, I had been off a few months and then in February, I went on three great trips and I thought, oh, Stella's got her groove back, I'm ready to go. And then boom, (laughs) retired. But I um I definitely, wow. I'm definitely one of those people that believes um, things happen for a reason. And I just felt like Me too. it it was time and I was okay with it. And of course I was very scared. I had a rough like June where as the days were getting closer, I started panicking. I Aww. cried. Cause it's kind of like it's like ending a relationship, even though sometimes it, Yeah. You know, if you're in a relationship where you're like, oh God, you know, sometimes I'm happy. Sometimes I'm not happy. I could go either mm-hmm. way. But then when it's finally over, you're <laughs> like, oh no, did I do the right thing? And that's what I kept asking myself. Of
1: course. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. But you did, like you said, everything oh, happened yeah. for a reason.
0: Absolutely. Now you said something about you know, being a, kind of nervous about going back to flying, not to be on the plane, but to just mm-hmm. leave your family. I used to experience yeah. that too. Are you like me where if you're off for a, a good p- chunk of time, when it's time to go back, you get a little anxious about it?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I almost feel like I have, well, two different, I get two different things happen to me. I get major imposter imposter syndrome like I'm like I don't know what I'm doing like right. what like how am I going to go back to get a plane if I have to and I know it's you know it's instinctual it'll come back God forbid something happens but then the other thing is that you know you get used to being with your people like I mean I have I never ever have five day blocks away from my family and that's all I have in October mm. like I have like three different five day blocks and I'm like what I'm like so I could potentially be gone for six days where Yvette and I you know, since mom has passed away, like, literally, we have been traveling with one another, like, every two weeks for the last three years, with the exception of this last six months. So, like, it's been fine when I'm away with my sister, but not when I'm out fine by myself. Well, yeah, that makes I don't know sense. how to describe it. Well, I, yeah.
0: always, I used to feel the same way. Like if I hadn't worked for a long period of time, but I was going on a vacation on an airplane to visit friends or to have fun, boy, I couldn't wait to get the airport. But if I was off oh, a yes. big block and then I was like, all right, I'm packing. I used to panic when I packed. That was the hardest part for me. When I had to pull out the suitcase oh. and I would start pa- I would start packing and then I would be like, I'm going to be gone for five or six days. And then I would, <clears throat> I would, I would get yeah. that sick feeling and then I would go to, as I was on my way to the airport, I would be like, I want to vomit. Vomit. But then once I yes. stepped into the airport, it was just this weird thing. It was like, once I got through known crew member, I was like, okay, this is it. All right. Now, I'm fine. now I'm fine. But it was the leading up to going to work. I was a crazy person sometimes. <laughs> well, I'm a crazy person. I know anyway. that'll
1: be me. I oh, mean, yeah. it's a good crazy. Let's, let's face it, Joe. It's fine. But yeah, no, I feel the same way. Like, and I I know I'll be that way. I'm the same way. Like, I know this is so stereotypically lesbian about me, but I've played (laughs) softball since I was, I know. I played softball since I was seven and I'm 41. And I get that way before any first game, if I've been off for a few months or whatever, especially in Portland, like we only play like during the summer months. So like right before my like first play of the game, I get super nervous. And then I get down on the split in first base and I'm like, Oh, okay. I remember how to do this. I'm
0: fine. (laughs) You know, we have, we have, we have such a hard time. I think giving ourselves like grace or giving ourselves a break. We're so hard on ourselves. Like, and we're always like, I don't, I shouldn't say we, but I know I am. I like right before I called you, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not, what am I going to say no, to this yes, woman? Like, what am I going to talk <laughs> to her about? I don't know what I'm, I, I know how to push the record button. And then once you start hmm. speaking, it's just, you're like, oh yes, I know how to do this. No. so crazy. No.
1: Well, I'm so you're happy. You're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing.
0: I think so. And I I'm, know, I'm going too. back and to I... school too. So, but yes, I'm so glad you did I not that. Yes. Um,
1: I know I know I mean for me it's always been about health insurance and you know that's one thing I've been fortunate about you know with like even this whole time my airline has given me my wife and daughter full health care coverage even though I've been on leave so like for me I'm like yes please like you know so I'm just happy I get to keep my benefits and traveling is nice too Right. You know. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. You always have I I you know what's great about talking with you Rasha not only because I love you and I think you're an incredible human mm-hmm. being but Aww. you have so much love and appreciation for your airline that I don't get from other people. Most people I talk Aww. to, all they always do, and actually I just want you to know I'm not going to name your airline, but I'm actually wearing
1: Right, a hat. I know. <laughs> I'm
0: actually wearing the hat oh, right yay. now. Because I was like, "Oh, I'm going to talk to Rasha. let me put the hat on." Um yes. But most people <laughs> are so negative with the airline industry. Like I was try- I was writing no. jokes back in like April or May where I was like, "You all are compl- you're all complaining about everything and you're probably going to be furloughed so I'd bring it down a notch because <laughs> I soon, mean you might want to think about it. Yeah, yeah, you might want to just yeah. just be a little bit kinder and throw that karma out that kind karma out into the world because come October 1st yeah. bad things could happen. So I'm really happy. Yeah. I'm very happy that you are not furloughed because you are someone who truly
1: Me loves too. your
0: airline and real uh, you know, yeah. I, I had known you were furloughed and I was going to let you say that on the show. Um, but then when you told me no, just for four days and I'm going back, oh, my heart just felt so full for you. So I'm very happy.
1: <laughs> I'm very happy. I know. And it's like, you know, I mean, I know that especially I, I always try to be positive. That's one thing my mom, you know, left for me in this world. But I'm also a realist, too. But I'm an optimist at heart. But truly, like, no airline is perfect, no job is perfect, no person is perfect, but my airline from day one, they have been so amazing to me with giving me personal leave before I qualified for it when my mom passed away, to putting me literally on top of every single pride float, and I'm like I like, I say, I always joke that I'm their unofficial, you know, lesbian cheerleader or mascot, but it's true, they literally celebrate me for being me, and I, like, I was trying to figure out ways. I'm like, okay, cause I've been with my airline longer than I've been an actual flight attendant. Cause I started as a customer service agent and um, a trainer. Mm-hmm. So like I was trying to figure out cause I'm really close to um, the heads of our diversity and inclusion department. And I was like, so you guys need someone to work for you remotely. Right. <laughs> I, right. Like, I can re- I can do diversity and inclusion. You know, I mean, I was, I, I knew I wasn't going to be gone long. Um, but you know, being a flight attendant has always been like, it's always been my, my dream from the time I was a little girl, but I, as you, like we have bigger dreams and they've just been so good to me. Like, even if I were ever to leave flying, I know like they would sponsor like a TV show or a podcast that Yvette and I were doing. Like Mm -hmm. that's how great of a relationship I have with them, which I'm very proud of. And I think you, you get, like you said, like you put that kindness out there, you get that back in return. And obviously like I, I was brought back not because of who I am, but because of my seniority number. Like, it, as much as they love me, like I was brought back, you know, because I had the of right seniority. number. And I'm right. I'm, yeah, I mean, because it's seniority is everything. Like when I when I told my mother in law, she's so cute because she's from Argentina, she barely speaks English, and she's like, "Oh, of course." Of course, they brought you back, Rashida. Uh, like they love you. You're their favorite. And I'm like, oh. And I'm like, well, that's, that's really nice of you to say, but it's just, it's not the truth. But thank you. <laughs> that's
0: not how it works, Mama. Yeah. But I, I appreciate. I that. know. But it is. It is yeah. interesting. Now, let me ask you this: um, When you got the letter, because you were probably like, like, oh, it could happen. It could not happen. But when you got all the letters, oh. was there anything in you that was like, but I'm Rasha. How could they do this?
1: <laughs> i um be yes, honest I, it's I, okay I, I, yes yeah yeah i yes, totally get that I hate, I hate yeah i hate to admit that but like and even though like you said like i knew it was possibly coming and when once it got there i was like oh my god oh my god i'm like don't they love me you know and i right. knew it's not i know it's not that i know that you know like right that's when I sent emails out to everybody I knew like, Hey, be on the lookout. I'm furloughed October 1st. I want to stay in the company, you know, and right. then, you know, it was all null and void because I was brought right back. Yeah. But- yeah, I definitely had that moment. Well,
0: listen, I asked that because I know when I worked at my airline for 12 and a half years, I walked around thinking in my head, I'm flight attendant Joe. Don't fuck with me today because I'll write all about you. Uh,
1: hello. So, <laughs> so I, it's I know, really funny. I was funny. so proud of you when you when you came. I was so proud of you when you came out in your stories. I'm like, oh, he's oh I he came has a picture out, of himself.
0: But you know, I haven't said the name yet. I,
1: ha- I know, but and I will f-
0: Well, no, I, I, maybe I'll do it right now. But here's the funniest part: is when I first came out as a gay guy, I couldn't say the word "I'm gay." I really? I remember there was this boy that I was in love with, and I wrote him a letter. And I was sixteen. And I wrote him a letter, and I wrote this long letter, and I wrote, oh. "Please don't tell anyone I am." And then I put three dashes, and then of course he told everyone. Oh, I, you couldn't he, even! I couldn't even say it, and. I, st- on social Aww. media, I still have this thing, even though I shared a photo in my uniform, which I'm not gonna lie, adorable, right, in my uniform. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're so hot. But I know, <laughs> and I've been holding on to these pictures for years because people would always be like, can I take your picture? I'd be like, do not share this picture. Do not share this picture. And right. I shared that one picture in Long Beach standing outside, because you know, we board outside and Long- we used to board in Long Right Beach outside. And I took that picture and I was like, this is such a cute picture if I ever come out. Of what airline I this work the for, one I'm gonna use. this is the one I'm gonna use. So I was happy oh, to, I and it. I was also happy to give some closure to the people that have been following me for a very long time, because it seems like that was the most yeah. important thing to them. <laughs> was like, well, what airline oh, no, do you it's work so for? True. It's so weird.
1: I can't tell you how many of my flight attendants. After I was on your show, they're like, they were begging me to tell them. I'm like, nope. <laughs> like yeah, it's in, so. In, you know, February and March. I'm like, no, nope, it's a it's a secret that will stay with me until he says it. <laughs> and I'm still
0: afraid. And you know what? Here's the weirdest thing. I am still afraid. There's still some apprehension right at this moment for me to say the name. I kind of just want to say it because Aww. it brings back that fear that I had when yeah. i was a young 16 year old gay kid and the funny part is i don't work there anymore it doesn't matter
1: right, jet right. Jet Blue, jet blue it's jet blue. it's jet blue oh, it's jet blue it's jet blue
0: oh my god i feels good oh, it does
1: that feel good yeah i'm gonna edit now that you can out be like, I'm, no <laughs> i'm a gay i know
0: right no, um but yeah be like i'm
1: a gay man Right. I'm, a, a, I'm a gay jet
0: blue man, ex jet blue man. But you know what? <laughs> the funny, the, the funny part about this, and, and then I want to continue talking about you because that you're the guest, not me, but um, I just oh, want to say like, I can
1: talk about you all day.
0: People now, ne- you know, flight it to somebody like me has to keep, had to keep my airline secret all those years because there's some people out there that don't understand comedy and don't understand satire. Right. And they will, Take right. something in, that I write in a book that's a joke and they'll think this is a real, this is what he really thinks. And they don't understand that right. flight attendant Joe is a character. And I will also say that in my 12 and a half years as a flight attendant, I never once received a complaint letter. So that oh, is, I love it. That's, like my, that's like, you're my that's like I know, but it's like you write comedy books and they think, oh, you're the worst flyers in the world. I'm like, actually, I'm one of the best. So thank you very much.
1: Yeah. <sighs> but I'm, I'm a very good God. writer.
0: <laughs> I just like to write funny jokes. <laughs> love and, it. and, you know, it's like, you may, you know, one of the things that helps me is to make jokes of serious things that are happening in my life. That's just the way. It well,
1: is. and that's how you cope right yeah yeah
0: oh absolutely yeah because if I don't make jokes about it I'm on the floor crying like a fetus and like I don't have time for that same too busy yeah no (laughs) well I want to trans transition back to you because you live in Portland and right now Portland and Oregon is on fire
1: yeah literally yeah I'm on I'm on the Wash. yeah I'm on the Washington side of, of Portland like I'm um so i have washington are you in vancouver Oregon, like plus. in the vancouver area in insane yes i'm right outside the cove okay um but i always say portland because no one knows this tiny of little town that we live in we moved out here um, when leilani was really little mm. to be closer to my in-laws okay. so they're like a block away oh, nice. and then we moved my mom out here when she was going through um, cancer from honolulu but we you know i think we were going to move and then once I started, you know, like could be vets in San Francisco and I was living part-time in San Francisco my first year. Cause I was, you know, based there. So I was all over the place. So it's nice to ha- kind of have our home base here uh-huh. and then, you know, fly everywhere we want to, except when the fires are going off. Um, cause I've never seen the smoke like this. Cause we had a couple of years ago during a fire season where like at the airport we had to wear masks, but not at home, you know, like in, we can't even walk outside our door. The the air quality index the highest we've gotten out here is like four or five hundred and we have like the worst air quality in the world in right the now. In the world. Which yeah. is in in the world. It's crazy. So we've been keeping all our windows closed mm-hmm. and then I've been doing all these like hippie like things and putting like a big stock of, you know, I have like fresh mint and lemons and eucalyptus and peppermint, just to make the air smell better. Now, when the and windows are, this...
0: cl- go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: Oh no, I'm sorry. Um, oh. I was just saying, we live in this huge loft. Uh-huh. So like, we have three levels, but two of the levels are open all the way to the top, so we have so much space, so it's hard to get all the air like, filtered and make it so great because it's huge, which is nice, but still. Right. Yeah.
0: That's what I was going to ask. I was going to ask when the windows are all closed and like the whole house is shut up. Can you still smell the smoke? Yes. Oh my You God. absolutely
2: can.
1: That's it's terrible. crazy. And it's not, it's not, you know, so bad where like you have to wear a mask inside by any means, but like we're not going out. I'm not jumping on my brand new Peloton bike that I've been excited about because <laughs> right. I'm afraid that I'll like pass out. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it just
0: feels like a. It smells like a campfire. Oh, you know when I lived in the Bay yeah. Area a couple years ago, we had really bad fires in the Santa Cruz Mountains, and I think the yeah. worst, the worst the air quality got was like one ninety, and I was like, "Wow, this is terrible." Yeah. And you guys have been up in the four hundreds. That's like, don't go outside. Yeah. Don't breathe this. If you have asthma, no, totally. you better hide in the closet or something.
1: Yeah, which my daughter does, and like we oh, no. talked to, we had a Zoom. I know she's been okay though. We had a Zoom call with her, um, her allergist, and they just said just like to have her, you know, inhaler her with her close by. And she's been doing taekwondo just a few blocks away, but of course they're like, "Ah, uh, no taekwondo for Leilani, even if it's inside." We're like, uh, "Agreed," <laughs> you know. So, you know, she's been playing with yeah. her Barbies instead. Is you, adorable,
0: <laughs> well, it's this thing of stay stay home, social distance all summer, and then all of a sudden, oh, I'm gonna go for walks. Nope, you're gonna stay inside because you can nope. die from going outside in the air quality. It's just yeah. it's just too much. It's it's just it's too much to process. <laughs> it is true.
1: I know that is know. so true.
0: I read something online yeah. where normally in a year, um about five hundred acres of forest or whatever burns in Oregon. And in just one week, a million acres of Oregon has burned.
1: Yeah. And yeah. It, that just so broke sad. my heart. And it's a beautiful state. Oh yeah. yeah. Like the Pacific Northwest is gorgeous. It's, it's gorgeous out here. And I mean, and I'm, I'm spoiled, you know, I'm from Honolulu, Hawaii, which I think is paradise on earth. But I think this is, this is paradise too, just a different kind. Mm-hmm. And it's just so heartbreaking, but, you know, I mean, I remember there was a really big fire growing up. Um, I don't know if you've been to Honolulu or not, but.
0: Yes, um,
1: On like the, okay. Okay. Well, on um, like kind of by like sandy beach. I remember when I was a kid, there was a really bad fire where like the entire like mountain like caught on fire and I was just crying and crying because it was like my favorite place to drive by. It would drive right around the corner, and you'd end up at Sea Life Park, where Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore filmed Fifty First Date. Oh yeah, you know with all the Sea Life creatures right there. So it's right that corner, right there. And I just remember thinking, like, it's never going to be the same. And within, like, you know, a couple of years, like everything grew back. Granted, it was, you know, Hawaii, so it was, you know, we have the most lush, you know, soil in the world. But it grows back. So I, it will. Grow back. I know it will. That's one thing about Mother Earth. She always replenishes herself.
0: Well, yeah, Mother Earth doesn't need us. And she's she's, you know, you know, we're doing more damage to her than she's doing to us Mm because she's gonna be able to recover. And whether we're here or not, the planet's gonna last for a long, Mm -hmm. long time. We're just not helping it.
1: Yes. Yeah, so we have to help it. it. I know. I'll never understand.
0: I'll never understand how people don't care about the environment that they're especially people with right. children or anybody like me i'm not gonna have kids and when i die you know i could be one of those selfish people and be like i don't give a fuck. i i'm dead i don't care <laughs> but you,
1: but like, you I, do
0: but i do because i know that yeah. i want to leave the planet for the next generation and boy our generation is just like fucked up and then st- not been able to turn around and say, oh, yeah, you know what? We kind of messed up. We should try to do better. No, it's like I'm going to stand my ground and screwing up and I'm going to be proud of it. It's just too much for my brain to process.
1: Yeah, same, same. Where you're, you're a sensitive soul like me and it's just, yeah, we have to, like my mom always used to say, there's more good than there is evil in the world. Even though there are those people, you know, that aren't, are doing harm you know, there's more people out there doing good, I believe. And this, you also have to come from the fact, I have to tell you, Joe, like what I've been up to the last few weeks, Mm -hmm. like Vanna and I have been watching, (laughs) we binge watched um, Supergirl on Netflix. (laughs) So like in my mind, I'm like, oh my God. So I'm like, she's like, you know, this beacon of hope and you're like, Oh, she's always constantly like every episode, you're like, Oh my God, the world's going to end again. But she has hope and she like puts the world back together. And I'm like, that's what I feel like we do every day. Like, right. yeah. So I'm like, I feel like we're, we're superheroes without Kate. And I, yeah, just, I think that we can make the world a better place, even if there's some crazy people out there trying to tear it down.
0: Well, the, cr- <laughs> the crazy ones are always the loudest. Isn't that what it is? The crazy yeah, ones always, involved. you know, sadly, but you said the word hope. And I want to ask you, I have, a, I am struggling with the idea of hope on a daily basis because mm. I'm trying to be this great human being. I'm trying to be the best. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to educate myself on black lives matter on, on injustice. I want to speak out. I want to be educated because. I don't know everything. And if I screw up and I say something wrong and somebody corrects me, I'm not offended. I'm like, well, thank you for correcting me because I want to know as much as possible. But then I turn around and I think, what's the fucking point because we're all just spiraling out of control and this place is just a nightmare. so and
1: that's where hope comes in but
0: so what I want to ask you is what do you do to pull well first of all do you ever have those moments where you flash between hope and despair and then when you do have despair how do you pull yourself out yes absolutely
1: so I you know I mean I always try to be positive, like, even when I'm going through a tough time, especially, you know, on social media or with other people, like, I always try to share my, my lows and my highs, but I try to always do it from a place of just authenticity, because I I want to have hope, and I I want to be good, you know, just, I, you know, I want to be a good ally, and I, you know, because I know, like, I have, straight passing privilege and white passing privilege. Like I walk into a room, no one's going to know that I'm a Hawaiian lesbian. You know,
0: like, I wouldn't even assume right? that I wouldn't even assume that. right?
1: I know. So I like to use my voice for good, but truly I think what I do is I have, I, I constantly have conversations and I, I do my best to listen. This is something that my, my sister and I constantly talk about. I mean, my sister is, you know, a biracial woman and she and I talk every day like five times a day and we we always did prior to our mom passing away but our mom was the biggest beacon of hope I mean you you know that Mm -hmm. I mean just by you know everything that you know about yeah our mom and it's like I always wonder and my you know my sister always wonders like what would mom say you know with all this going on what would she do and like I know that because she would have bad days or where she would cry or be like, you know, the shit is too much and I can't do it. But then she'd snap right out of it. Like she snapped out of it faster than I would ever seen anyone. And she, you know, battled cancer for a year and a half and that's, you know, no small feat. No. And so I just, I always think about her. And I, and when I get down, you know, I, I'm lucky, you know, I, I think lately, and I don't know about you, but like for the last you know six months i've really relied heavily on my wife and my sister which i'm sure you relied on you know your husband and the closest people to you oh, yeah. and it's like you know like yeah like you, you realize like what is important and it's like yes you can get down in despair and be like oh my god like how can someone you know drive down the road with you know these huge you know flags like saying all these horrible things about humans and i'm like what i i It boggles my mind that any human being can wish any pain on anyone else. I just don't get it. But I know, again, my mom's voice is in my ear saying that good always wins over evil in the end. And that there's more good in the world than there is that. Hands down. like You just have to keep
0: trying. You just got to keep pushing forward. And I love that you're talking about your mom. And I'm actually looking on my bookshelf and I'm looking at her name, Fauna Hodel. It's staring right at me. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, it's, it's definitely a challenge sometimes to have hope, but you're right. It's very important. Mm -hmm. I always say, I don't expect people to do the right thing. I hope they do the right thing. Yes. Yes. Because um, that's all you can have is hope. Uh, yeah. Because I've seen like, like, you know, in the last couple of years, things have been crazy. And this year has just made like 2017, 2018 and 2019 look like kindergarten. <laughs> Like this year, I know. I'm waiting for the aliens to come. I'm like, what's next? A pandemic? Oh my god, it
1: wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, like if they, I if, they,
0: if I looked outside right now and saw it, I'd say, oh my god, we just called it on the podcast because there's the big ship <laughs> <laughs> outside. But they
1: probably have a lot. I think they'd have a lot more to offer us. <laughs> believe well, it or not, I might, think that yeah. yeah.
0: Well, they'd probably come because they'd be like, listen, we planted you here 200,000 years ago, and you guys are about to destroy the planet. (laughs) And this was a really nice planet. That's why we put you here. I know. Now now I'm getting all crazy. And I don't really believe that. I'm just being silly. (laughs) But it's always so nice to talk to you, Rasha, because just hearing your voice gives me hope. Are you still
1: there?
0: I'm here. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yo. Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Oh my goodness, that was. I lost you for a it second. It was. Oh no, it was the aliens. The aliens. <laughs> that's okay. So, oh my god, that's funny. Well, like I was saying, hearing your voice, your voice, even seeing a photo of you, just gives me light and really, really Aww. makes me feel good. So when I Aww. was when I was thinking about who could I who could I have back on the show for like, what's going on, what's happened in the last six months. You were on the top of my list because you do make me feel very happy. So thank you for that.
1: Oh, um, thank you. Joe. Oh, you're so wonderful. And you bring out my, you bring out my inner bit. Oh my God! In a good is, way. No, is, I don't even know
0: what. Okay, wait a minute. I don't even know how to process that. But I'm going to take it as a compliment. Hopefully, it is. I
1: promise. Hopefully,
0: I bring out that thing in you that'll say, "Listen, I may be kind, I may be a wonderful person, but if yes. you fuck with me, my wife, or my kids, or my sister, or you talk shit about my mom, I'm going to come mm-hmm. for you. I'm going to put my hair up, and yes. I'm going to show you what an angry lesbian is like." <laughs>
1: Yes, and that's exactly what you do, Joe, because truly, that's a lesson that, honestly, that I've learned through my friendship with you, uh-huh. and since my mom has been gone, is the power to say no and to stand up for yourself. So important. Like, truly, that's like a huge lesson, yes, because it's exactly what you just said. Like, you can be the kindest person in the world, but don't fuck with my peace. Exactly.
0: (laughs) And a couple, a couple of weeks ago, my therapist said something to me that I'm still talking about today. I just mentioned it to my husband today. It's he, we were talking, I was like, you know, I think I'm going to get off Facebook. Facebook is very toxic for me. You know, the, the people that I love and care about have my number. They know how to contact me. They can follow me on Instagram, but I have to let Facebook go. And I said, but I'm afraid of what people are going to say. And he said to me, Honor your own agenda and don't worry about what other people think. And it like That's so true. I almost I was like, can I tip you? He's like, no, it doesn't work that way. I said, because that is such <laughs> great Adva- honor your own agenda and don't worry about other people influencing you and telling you not to do something. I loved that.
1: Exactly. I thought that was great. Exactly. All and right. like you said, like we're always learning too. Yes. You know, like if you could go you can go off Facebook and if you miss it, go back on it. Who right. cares what
0: people think? Who You know, if if somebody would be mad at me because I'm not on Facebook, then they obviously don't know me that well. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on, Rosh, and talking to me. But before I let you go, I just want to give you this opportunity to let anybody know any projects you're working on that you can share or what's going on with oh. you your sister.
1: You know, I'm very nosy about this. Yes, I know. I know. Well, um, I will tell you more deep offline but officially uh-huh. we my sister and i actually we have a deal we have inked a deal um to do a television show oh my god and we're also, i know um, of course I, I can't officially say anything until um no, if we know which network it's going to be on but we i mean we kind of know but anyway um so we're working on that as talking about hope like that's what Yvette and I want to do. You know what I mean? We're honoring our mom's legacy by perpetuating hope, even when you come from something evil. So, and we're also working on a podcast and a book. Oh my um, god! Which you know, I has, knew about the book. Know, yes. I know. Yes, yeah, so like we're we're working we're working on all the things, but the the TV show is what's most. And I, of course, will announce it on all of my social medias when I'm allowed to. (laughs) Oh, and
0: when you do, I will share it with everyone because... I am very excited to be on your show. I mean, to just watch. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> Vasha, you're amazing.
0: And thank you so much for checking you back are. in with me. Please give your wife and your daughter a big hug and a kiss for me and stay safe in that
1: fire well, infested
0: Oregon until some weather comes and douses yes. those fire flames I out. I know. And don't forget to and vote. hug your
1: hubby and your fur babies. Never. No. We, we, we're one of the few. We, we get to vote via mail. So as soon as it arrives. Check <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, Matt and I have already decided that the day because um, everyone in Colorado gets a, a mail in ballot. So the day it right. comes, we're voting and then we're not even going to put it in the mail. There's mm-hmm. boxes around town that are like yes. locked and you can go and you put it right in the box and then you can actually watch. Yeah, you can watch your ballot and it you go online and you type in the number and it says like your ballot's been received, blah, blah, blah. It's very exciting. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much. I'm so excited. All right, yes. honey, you thank take you care, care you. and I'll Come talk on, to you on, soon. On. All right, sweetheart. Bye-bye. You
1: too. Aloha. Bye. Aloha,
0: honey.
2: let's do it
0: let's do it justin's on justin seems from pilot to pilot hello sir welcome back to grounded with joe thomas now so thank you for coming back on
2: joe what's going on man thanks so much for having me back on i appreciate it uh, and uh, it's always fun
0: well i'm wearing your hat that you sent me so i just wanted you to know that too and this episode of course and well thank you for sending it to me um this episode is (laughs) there's two guests on it's a two segment um where are they now and the woman that was on first i was wearing the hat that from her airline so i just was like well i should wear justin's hat too it's good karma
2: so you're a hat whore. You're just wearing whoever's hat, whoever sent your hat. Listen, no allegiances at
0: all. Listen, are you allowed to say that? Your followers are going to listen to this. No, I'm just kidding. You <laughs> called me a... You know, it's so funny that you bring up the word whore though, because my husband says, he told me a couple of weeks ago, he goes, you just randomly say that word. And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> He's like, no, you do. I was like, no, I don't. I'm from Connecticut. We don't talk like that. But apparently we do. And
2: maybe i got it from
0: you you well listen you can blame (laughs) all of your bad any bad thing even if you're even if you say something inappropriate to your wife and she looks at you you should just be like well you know i follow joe and then she'll be like all right i I get it because your wife apparently loves me well i
2: love you i'm a big fan
0: oh well tell her i'm a big fan of hers too but no i say the word whore a lot and i'm not saying it in a mean way like the other day just yesterday um I walked into the living room and um, Matt was watching the Miami Celtics game. And I said, who's up? And he, at that point it was Miami because they won. But he said Miami and I was, oh, those whores. And he goes, there, see, there's no reason you had to say the word whore. You're talking about a basketball team. And, And I was like, oh, my God. You're right. I can't. I just, it, it, like, it just comes out. So it's so funny you called me a, a, a whore for hats because I am. But how are you? Enough about me and being a whore. I mean, talking about <laughs> whores. How are you? How have you been through COVID-19 and the, and the pandemic?
2: I'm doing good, man. Uh, I mean, I, no real complaints for me. I am an introvert, as, like, as introverted as you can possibly get with still being an extrovert, if that makes sense. But, oh, right. I mean, oh, right. I've been okay. I've been uh, I, I like being at home. That's where I'm, like, happiest and and most productive. So being at home, especially being able to hang out with my wife, and she was forced to, forced to learn at home as well. It's uh, been okay. I mean, I feel like we're we're doing pretty good. So it, it hasn't been too stressful. I mean, it has been stressful, obviously. But, like, being at home has been good, has been good for us to, to see each other as much as possible.
0: Right, because, you know, she married a pilot. And, you know, what I've learned from wives of pilots is that they actually enjoy the this workout of oh he's going to leave for four or five days or six days and i'm going to be able to miss him and i'm going to be when he comes home we'll have a great dinner maybe we'll do a romp in the bedroom you know it'll be a fun time but when you're home with your spouse constantly when you're not used to it i could see where it's like a roller coaster ride
2: yeah, for some people it definitely can be. I have definitely heard stories of people who are like, When are, or the husband if it's like the girlfriend, are you leaving? Like, why don't you get a the trip? Why don't you just go for a car ride? Just like give me leave me alone.
0: Right. Just just go mow the grass. But I just did. Well, just do it again. Is there yeah, anything try again. is there anything that you learned about your wife while you were home in this concentrated time where you like, Oh my god, I never knew that about you?
2: Um she would say that I've been telling her that she's funny all the time. And she's kind of like was offended. She's like, but I'm always funny. It's like, well, I know but maybe I'm home more and you're, you're, I've just been around it more often. So every time she says something funny, I'm like, wow, that was really funny. But it sounds, it comes across as like I've never said it to her before. It, <laughs> so it comes across say like, that.
0: It's like you're on your second date and you're like, wow, you're funny. And she's like, we're married. You should know I'm fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, Justin. Yeah, exactly.
2: I know. <laughs> We've been dating for 10 years, married for almost seven. It's like, come on now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, wow, you're funny. I'm going to add that to your prose. And she's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? I me?
2: literally just did that last night, too. She said something I was like, oh, my gosh, you're funny. <laughs> 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 too
0: funny. Now, yeah. when we talked last time, because you were on the podcast in February, which is, it seems like February, in my mind, is 2019, because it was yeah. like right after you were on the show, the literal shit hit the fan in this country. And did you ever fear that you would be furloughed or lose your job?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think it was just the big unknown. It was the first month, maybe two months where we, we just had no idea what was going to happen. I mean, all the rumors were crazy. Uh, There's just, just, just the fear of not knowing what could happen, how bad this was going to be. Uh, what was going to come out of it, what were the airlines were obviously going to take a hit. I fly corporate fractional. So it was like, well, how is that going to work out? My, Our people need a place to fly. If they don't have anywhere to go fly, why would they keep a pilot around? But I was very fearful. There was actually one time where our chief pilot for uh, the plane that I fly for the latitude, he was calling everyone just to see how they're doing, just checking in, but I didn't know that. So I got a phone call from him and I was like, oh my gosh, oh, <laughs> this is no, it. I'm getting yeah. furloughed. And I just had like, this, my wife and I were sitting in uh, our second bedroom where like my, kind of studio where i do the podcast and everything and we both looked at the phone and i was like i'm not answering it (laughs) i can't get further to answer the phone she's like you have to answer that (laughs) i can't get further if i I don't answer the phone that's
0: funny
2: yeah right there's no way they can't furlough me if i don't answer (laughs) that's just rude they're just gonna um, move to
0: the next person and i'll be fine
2: yeah, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I'll be good. But he called and he's like, hey, I just want to let you know, or I just want to check in on you see how everything's going in this difficult time. And I was like, I just want to be honest with you, you scared the crap out of me. Like, I have never been more scared to answer phone. And he's like, oh, my bad, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, everything's good. <laughs> well, come back to work on Monday. All right, bye.
0: <laughs> come to work on Monday. Now, let me ask you this, because I know a lot of people right now still now like in march people were stressed people are still stressed because there's still no end in sight of when things will well you know i just noticed target yesterday both doors are open now once it used to be just one side you could enter and now all the doors are open and i'm like oh that's a little glimmer of hope but what is something that what drives you when you're stressed or you're fearful like this how do you keep going what's something that tells you no no i gotta have hope i have to really believe things are going to be okay
2: Um, I mean, when you talk, if anyone, like any of my close friends or my wife would tell you, it's like, I'm the least stressed person that there has ever been in the world. Like very, very rarely do I ever get really stressed out. Obviously this is a situation where it does bring some stressors. And I think I just kind of hold, hold on to the good things that I have in my life. It's like, for as long as I still have my job, I'm like, I'm just lucky to have my job. I'm lucky to have a podcast, lucky to have my wife where I am like I just kind of focus on what I have and and really try to just like hold on to that and just remember that this is going to be temporary. Like this is not I mean hopefully it's not going to be forever. We all thought it was going to be a couple months and now it's going to be be a lot longer than that, but right. there will be a day where this is this is going to improve and our life will get better and we'll look back on it and we'll probably all just try to for, not forget about it, but you know like we'll try to to move on and and live the life the best that we can but I'd, I'd really try to hold on to what i have and just remember myself that this is temporary just continue to do what i'm doing right now whether it's creating content whether that's flying to the best of my ability and, and things should work out
0: you know i um i do live by my husband used to say that i was silly to believe this but i think he's now starting to come around once in a while but i used to always think because you know i had a really chaotic upbringing and life. And, but I've always lived in this, bu- this weird thing I've always said, oh, everything will be okay. Like I've always told myself that even when like, like I'm sitting in the house and you can't go outside and nothing's happening and everything's closed. And it seems like the world's on fire. I'm like, you know what? It's going to be okay. And just saying that to myself, even if I'm looking in the mirror, makes me feel so much better.
2: Definitely. And when you say everything's going to be okay, it's not like you, like I'm guessing you're the same for me. It's everything's going to be okay because I know that I need to do everything in my will and my power to make it okay. Like I need to take this adversity and I need to make lemonade with lemons. I need to to make the best out of the situation that I'm in right now to provide for my family, provide for uh, the content, just to create and become a better person out of this. So everything will be okay. You still have to work to make it okay, if that makes sense.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, and I think I also tell myself that because sometimes you can get overwhelmed with social media and the news and you could easily look at things and say, oh shit, things are not gonna be okay. It's so easy to believe that. And I think a lot of people do and I don't wanna be the guy that falls into that trap. So I try to remind myself like, Joe, things have always been worse. And I also tell myself, people always have it worse than you. So that's kind of how I like, I'm always like, yeah, Joe, you think it's bad, but there's someone out there who's had a worse experience than you. So put your big boots on and keep moving.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. We have uh, a guy that I went into company training with here. I think it was two months ago, I got diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. And it's like, I mean, that is way worse than what I'm going through right now, you know?
0: Yeah. I just had a friend who, um, the last time i saw her was in september um because i uh, MC this event in delaware and her bro- i've known her brother for 20 years that's how i got the job and i saw her in september she was great fine everyone was laughing and like two months later she got diagnosed with breast cancer she had a mastectomy she was better it came back now she's gone and so within a Bravo. year like things can ha- things can change so much so you really have to be gr- you have to be grateful for what you have so I'm glad that that's where you went with your answer regarding just being grateful for the things that I have in my family and my wife and stuff
2: yeah absolutely
0: um now when you were on the show last time we talked about like your goals like if you weren't a pilot like would you rather be a would you rather be a podcaster on, would you rather run pilot to pilot the empire that you're creating, or would you rather be a pilot? (laughs) And you said, you know, your goal of course would be to run the pilot to pilot corporation and have it be a huge um, endeavor when this was happening. Did you think, Oh my God, if I get furloughed, I am going, that's going to be the push that I need to really focus on making this happen.
2: Um, Yes, Uh, my wife asked me, shoot, because I I did some crappy flying jobs as anyone building their time to get to the airlines or to get to their dream job in aviation. You have to build time and you have to fly for some sketchy operations that may not either have the best rest rules or follow all the rules. But um, I told her, I was like, if I get furloughed, I'm I can't go back to those jobs. Like I will not go back to those jobs. She's like, what are you going to do? And I was like, well, I'm either going to go all in on this or I'm, I was very involved with sports in the past and I was like, maybe I can reach out to connections at ESPN and try to like train or try to um, kind of pivot my career Friends reference to uh, to sports and maybe do sports podcasts or kind of get on that in between what I'm out of having a job. But yeah, it was, it was definitely on my mind. I was like, all right, I need to figure out how I make more money with pilot which is even harder in a pandemic because no one has money to give you know i had a bunch of sponsors and stuff lined up we're finally gonna make some money out of it and i was finally gonna kind of hopefully turn the corner with the podcast and create what i wanted to create but then the pandemic hit and everyone's like hey man we probably can't do this right now like i know i get it i understand but i'll be here when it's all over right but um yeah it was uh, it was definitely an interesting kind of Kind of thought process that I had like, all right, what do I do if this happens?
0: I know it's, you know, when we talked last, you know, I was still a flight attendant and to think, yeah. and I had no clue. And I remember when we, we were on the show, I was really excited about being a flight attendant again because in my 12 and a half years, it was like, a, it was. A very love-hate relationship, like oh I hate this job, oh I love this job, oh I hate, and so <laughs> if February of 2020, I had this moment of oh my god, I love this job, I'm having fun again, and then bam, I'm retired, and who saw? I did not see that coming.
2: Oh, that your love for flight attendant did not last very long.
0: <laughs> no, it lasted until they offered early retirement. I was like, you know what? I <laughs> think the universe is pointing me at. It's time to go, and I think now that I've retired, the flight attendant Joe Brand, and it's, it's kind of off social media now. Of course, the book. you know I, um, I felt like it was time, and someone had said something to me regarding, you know what? It's like a all good sitcoms come to an end and i thought Definitely. wow that actually makes this a lot easier because i remember when i watched seinfeld i was so upset that it ended but i was glad it ended on a high note because you never want your favorite thing to be shitty <laughs>
2: right um yeah, that's not good
0: <laughs> now what let me ask you this though you said like if i got furloughed i'd go all in with pilot to pilot why can't you do that now because oh, okay well of course there's been COVID-19, so you're not getting the sponsors. But do you still have that fire about, like, I need to give all to this to make it as big as I want it to be?
2: Yeah, I mean, when I was, when COVID was kind of going strong, I had a vacation, and I had 21 days off in the middle of everything. So I recorded 28 episodes, I think, in those 21 days. Oh, my God. I was actually producing, Yeah, I was doing two episodes a week, uh, producing two episodes a week for about two months i did that and then it just became too much mm-hmm. yeah and as you know it's a lot and it's pretty crazy but um, it was just too much i think one episode a week for what i do is a sweet spot i have other ideas of what i want to do with the show and kind of uh create a little bit different content maybe uh, focus on youtube and website and some other stuff as well so i'm definitely kind of in the works of everything it's just i mean as you know pilots You've probably heard this, four pilots are terrible businessmen, so I'm trying to make good decisions. I'm not trying to rush anything, but at the same time, I do have that fire. It's definitely something that's lit and has been lit, especially since then, because it's kind of like, it was just a reminder, because the industry was at such a high. And I was literally just talking to my dad. I interviewed him on the podcast. This was right when kind of the idea that coronavirus was coming and it was going to be a big deal. And we both agree. It's like, well, this like even if it hit the aviation industry, it'll never be as bad as what it was in 2008. Like, it'll never be that bad. Like, the industry is so much better. And then this is just another reminder, I think, to, to remind everyone in the industry that, hey, this is just the industry. It's how it is every 10 years, every eight years, you know, something's going to come up. Something's going to, we're going to have crazy, crazy highs and we're going to have drastic lows. And you got to be prepared for both.
0: Yeah. I, um, that's very good advice. You know, you should always listen to your dad when he's smart and intelligent. I um, I think that's so important. I've always lived my life like you should always have a backup plan. And I've talked about this on the podcast many times like, you know, people who live like nothing bad's going to happen, I always think, "Oh, you should really know what you're going to do if the rug is pulled off from under you." And I know a lot of flight attendants right now are like up in arms. Cause they're like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, you should have a backup plan because this airline industry, the airline industry is volatile. And like you said, every mm-hmm. decade or so it's like, we have to lay off 10,000 people. Sorry. You just started and you left your amazing job. You had for 15 years to become a flight attendant. Cause it was your dream that you had forever. And now we're letting you go, but have a nice day.
2: You'll see you in two to three years.
0: Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. now, um, There was a question i wanted to ask you back in february and our conversation was so great that i never got to it so i wanted to ask you now and it's a it's about your podcast so when i think of your podcast pilot to pilot i think okay it's all about pilots and i'm very curious to wonder if you ever regret calling it pilot to pilot because it's kind of painted you into this corner of well i have to interview pilots all the time do you ever wish like oh maybe i should have called it like Pilot to everyone or whatnot?
2: <laughs> that's a really good question. I actually I actually have thought about that before. Right. I know. I, I, I have interviewed other people, obviously, on the show. I've interviewed you. I've interviewed Hello. a couple other flight attendants. What? Um, Wait a minute. Wait, yeah, a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, one other flight attendant. Do you know that <laughs> I
0: still walk around saying that I'm the only flight attendant that's ever been on the Pilot to Pilot podcast, and now I've been lying? Oh,
2: no. You've been lying. Right, all
0: right, I'll forgive you. But go ahead. Go ahead.
2: I feel so bad. Thank you no. for not hanging up. I no, I would it never it. hang
0: up on you. But go ahead. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard
2: time. Um. So to be completely honest, when I started this and pilot to pilot, I really had no idea. I never believed that it would get to what it was today. Um, looking back, I think I'd keep the same name. I'd do everything the same, just because I like the name and I think has good ring to it. It's really simple and it just works. I think that I don't think I would be able to expand and interview a bunch of other random people. Like I do have goals, maybe about to create a separate podcast or figure out another way to, to interview other successful people in other careers just because I've learned so much in interviewing with the 140 episodes I've done. So I would love to kind of take a stab at that one day, but I definitely, you're right. I mean, I pilots painted me into a corner where it's going to be, that will solely be about aviation and aviation-centric no matter what.
0: Do you... um? Do you feel comfortable because you know so much about the pilot world? When you interview a pilot, you kind of know like, well, there's not going to be anything shocking that I'm going to find out, or it's just a comfortable space for you. What is it? How does your brain work when you think about, like you just said, branching out and interviewing people where you might not be an expert? Cause you're an expert um, interviewing pilots and you know, the excitement is it exciting or scary to think of branching out and interviewing people where you're not the expert?
2: I think that's another good question. I think it's exciting. Um, I like challenges. I like forcing myself to kind of, my wife would laugh when I say this because it wasn't the case like five years ago, but forcing myself to kind of uh, adapt and improve and try to better myself now. Um, so I think it would be exciting. It would be scary at first, because if they started going off on stuff I didn't know, like I like I said, in aviation, I kind of know what I'm talking about. I've been for a while, but have been doing this podcast for a while, so the episodes are kind of easy. I already have kind of like a, a formula of how I go about them and what I'm going to ask. Not necessarily what I'm going to ask, because I don't plan any questions, it's just a conversation, but I have an idea of where things are going to go, and then I build off of them in recent episodes, I've been trying to go a little bit deeper to focus on maybe like harder questions that I wouldn't have normally asked in the past and Mm, maybe try to like press just a little bit more because I want to improve. I want to get better. And and one day I want to be able to, I have like a a tiny goal of being like on 60 minutes and doing like interviews like that with people or interviewing like very powerful people. So I'm kind of incrementally working up my skills, but If I ever had the opportunity, I would dive right in, I'd go for it, and I'd just try to have a chill conversation and just uh, continue what I'm doing now and kind of present it how I do, and I think I'd ask all the questions. I I wouldn't be afraid to kind of dig deep or kind of put myself out there and be afraid to sound like an idiot, but yeah. Does that make
0: sense? Oh, absolutely. I sound like an idiot every time I hit the record button. So <laughs> you just have to you just have to say you. you just have to say like, oh well, you know what? If I screw up, I'm not gonna worry about it. But I love this goal that you have, that you have this desire I you know, I love I love doing this. I love conversing, I love interviewing. I it's it it's almost like a drug. It's almost like, it's like that feeling of right before you hit the record, I don't know if you're like this, but right before I hit the record button, even though I know you and I've known you for years now, I still have that panic right before I hit the record button. Mm-hmm. Do you go through that?
2: <laughs> yes, I did. Not probably as much anymore. So what goes through my mind before I hit the record button, like I said, I am very, very much an introvert and talking to people really drained my energy. So when I have interviews, I try to like, I try to go into it as chill as possible because if I build it up, then I'll just, I will run out of energy before I'm done with the podcast. Does that make sense? So I, I kind of try to, to be as chill and I, I just like go, like I just call and I'm like, Hey, what's going on, man? Like it's the first time I ever talked to him. Sometimes I don't even have anything else other than a reach out message. Like, Hey, you want to come to the podcast? They're like, yeah, sure. I'm like, all right, I'll call and can you do it in an hour. Cool. Let's do it. And that's, then we just go from there. But yeah, I, I don't have, I mean, it's hit or miss depending on who I talk to, I guess.
0: That's true. I'm sure that there's some people and um, you don't have to name names or episodes, but Hmm. I'm the same way. Like there's some people that I'm so excited to talk about, talk about. Yes. Well, I talk about everybody, but um, there's so many people. There's some people that I'm so excited to talk to. And then some people I'm like, all right, I'm going to go through the steps. I'm going to have this conversation. You know, maybe I'm not feeling it 100 percent, but. And I hope I do. And most of the time, halfway through the conversation, I know one episode I had where, in my mind, I did not think it was going well. Like I was thirty minutes in, and as I'm talking and I'm pulling, it's almost like I'm yeah. I have to like pull the information, and I'm like, oh, this is exhausting. I don't know if I can make it an hour and fifteen minutes. And then um, I asked one question, and it was it it just opened up the Actually, this has happened more than once. It just opened the person up to where they just, it was like an avalanche of information. And I couldn't write fast enough to go back and ask questions about it. And I was like, yeah. oh, I should have a better attitude when I do podcasting.
2: <laughs> I've been there before many times. There's actually been, like, I've recorded a couple. Like I said, I will not name any names whatsoever, yeah, never- but I recorded a couple where I was done with it and I was just, or in, in the podcast, like this is going terrible. Like there's no way anyone's going to like this. And I was hesitant to send it out and everything. And then I get I get better feedback from those episodes sometimes than I do from any other. And I was like, same thing with you. I'm like, maybe I need to like reevaluate what I think is a good episode or what I think is value. Because I always have said in the past that everyone has a story. Everyone has an opportunity to affect certain people. And it's not up to me to determine what that is, what can affect or what can help, um, help someone else's life and that's listening to the podcast. So I, I think I need to reevaluate that sometimes too.
0: I could I'm right there with you. Cause I think when I first start, you know, I'm like you. I'm um I'm an extroverted introvert, which I learned this term yeah. early in the year and I was like, oh my God, that makes so sense to me. It's when, you know, I would rather be at home reading a book and not talk to people. But when I have to be on, and if I'm in a group pre-COVID 19, or if I'm emceeing something or I'm on stage or I'm on the podcast, I'm on, I'm on, it's go, go, go. And then after I'm like, oh God, I need to take a nap. Um And I think when I first started this podcast, my mentality was every episode, I have to be on 100%. I have to be funny. I have to be crazy. I have to be wild. And so does the guest. And that doesn't happen all the time. So I had, like you said, I had to come to this realization of every episode is going to be its own thing. And, you know, some days the guests might not be comfortable has never been on a podcast, might not even know how to be on a podcast, you know, so it's my job to make the episode work.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You gotta, you gotta kind of navigate through what the episode's giving you you need to figure out how to ask that one question that will finally get them to open up. And sometimes you might not even find that question or figure out a way to open it up, or sometimes it might be the last question. But right. it, you just got to keep trying. You just got to keep going for it. And if you don't get that question, it doesn't mean the episode's going to be bad. It can still bring value to someone
0: else. Absolutely. Everyone's always going to pick something out. And that's what I say, too. I always think, like, you know, if this touches one person, that's good. Then it's worth it. If somebody yeah. can connect to this story that this person's bringing. And I do like that you said that with your interviewing now you're starting to get more personal because you're probably, you know, are you doing that because you can only find out how many times somebody became a pilot 140 times. And then you're like, okay, yeah, I know. I've learned every situation. <laughs> I know how anyone can be a pilot. I want to find out, you know, I want to dig deeper. What made you start thinking of that?
2: Um, I wouldn't say I was bored necessarily. Like, I, I, to this day enjoy hearing everyone's story and and most of the time it's not very similar most of the time they've all figured out other ways but i think it's just a personal thing i was always hesitant to ask certain questions maybe or maybe dig a little deeper just because i want to portray the person i'm interviewing the best way possible i want to i want this to be an hour to an hour and a half of them like them being able to tell their story share their story look as good as possible I don't want to ask any bad questions like that's like my mentality. So uh, in that I've, I've heard like I've had the opportunity to kind of dig deeper or maybe like position myself to ask a harder question yeah. and I've done it once or twice and, and it's worked out because once you can gain their trust, they feel comfortable talking to you. Uh, you asking a hard question doesn't necessarily have to paint them in a bad picture. So it was more of me trying to challenge myself and create better content for the people listening because sometimes people, people, want to hear more than just aviation even an aviation podcast so they can relate to this one pilot they might want to know maybe some extra struggles that are going on in our life because we all have struggles in our life like we've all had issues i mean growing up in our childhood flying our overnight story i mean whatever it may be and it's and it's our job to share those stories it's our job to try to get those out so it's okay i finally figured out that it's, it's more and more okay and there's you know this, like you can tell probably pretty soon who's gonna be the one that'll that open up. Sometimes you get surprised, like you said in the last one. But um, yeah, it, it's it's important. I think it's something I needed to, to start doing and challenging myself to, to ask those questions.
0: I love that you said... You're you're doing that. You're branching out into that mentality of interviewing because you want to grow as an interviewer, not because you're like, oh, I want to. You know, I just want to get into this person. Like, it's it's almost like practice, and that's how I do it. You know, there's lots of questions that I think like, should I ask that? And then I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, like this question I asked you, I was about like, do you feel like you painted yourself in the corner? having this podcast mm-hmm. called pilots Pod, I, you know, I was like, should I ask him that? I don't know. I'm like, well, it's not like I'm saying anything negative because that is something no. that I really thought. I thought like at one point, and when I really thought I did write it down in February, but I really thought about it more <laughs> when I decided to retire flight attendant Joe and change the name of the podcast to grounded with Joe Thomas, because it was an easy fix. I just had to do a little change on the logo and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And, um, but I thought, you know, if Justin wanted to do that, he would almost have to start an entire new podcast. Yeah. Is that on It'll your agenda? Is that on your agenda, you think, maybe in the future to have m- multiple podcasts?
2: Um, Possibly. Probably not. I mean, it kind of depends on, on where this all goes in the next, like, five, ten years, how I'm able to grow this because I definitely think I I have created a skill of interviewing people. So I want to continue to build on that. And that can be very, I mean, that's a good skill to have people like hearing interviews. So I think that I could definitely maybe in the future do something like that. But right now my focus is just building the brand and kind of creating pilot to pilot in a more, uh, creating more content for pilot to pilot. So maybe it could be um, under the pilot to pilot brand on Tuesdays, I will have my standard interview. And then on Thursdays, Maybe pilot the pilot has a different podcast, but it's still going to be under the pilot to pilot podcast. Just like a, a different, it's like a different TV show or it's like on, on Tuesdays, you get this on Thursdays, you get that on Wednesdays, you get YouTube, you know, kind of have right. different kind of episodes and different styles of podcasts. And I would like to, to kind of go back to, I would like to interview people outside of aviation as well, but I think I want to bring an aviation twist to it yeah. to keep it under the pilot to pilot brand.
0: I love that. I love that. And I I can totally see that. And I imagine like pilot to pilot being the like umbrella company and then having smaller Mm -hmm. podcast YouTube shows that fall under that. When I started this podcast, that was kind of my mentality. I wanted to have pilots and flight attendants on, but I wanted to talk Mm -hmm. not just about their job or whatnot. I wanted to say, so you're a flight attendant, but you got, you were in an abusive relationship. And now I want to know about the abusive relationship and how that affected (laughs) you going to work. Cause I know I had an experience once where this, this passenger was being very verbally abusive to one of my coworkers, and she was like i can't handle it anymore i just got divorced from an abusive husband and i'm i i can't and i was like all right i i love confrontation on the airplane so i'll go take care of this so so i love that that's your that's your goal for for your brand that's very that's very exciting
2: yeah, I mean, hopefully, all, all the hard work that needs to go into it, we'll talk again in, in five, ten years, and hopefully oh. we'll be talking about some, some great things we're both doing.
0: Oh, my God. Well, in five years, who knows what we'll be doing. But let me ask know, you. Right? Is, is, who knows? Is, oh, God, who knows? I don't even know what I'm going to be doing. Like, in January, I'm going back to school, but after that, I have no clue what's happening. Um,
2: I don't even know what you mean for lunch today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm having pasta, because I have some leftover spaghetti sauce. But... uh, I have another question I want to ask you because I have this, this idea of having a job and having it be your identity. Like for instance, I'll use me as an example. like me, like I was a flight attendant, but it wasn't just a job. It was my identity because I built this entire brand about it. But my husband who's in the tech industry it is just a job because he doesn't walk around with stickers on his car. He doesn't walk around like telling everybody, follow me, follow me. And so I wanted to ask you, is being a pilot a job or is it your identity?
2: Ooh, that's a, I'm really like glad you brought that up because I, I was thinking about this two weeks ago. I was thinking about everyone that's being furloughed or will be furloughed and how hard that's going to be on them. Because it, like you said, it's not just their job, it's who they are. They are a pilot. They are in the aviation industry. They everyone knows them as a pilot. Their friends know them as a pilot. Their, their their kids know them as a pilot. Their their family knows them as a pilot. It's like there's a difference between losing a job and losing your identity as a person. Like I mean, they both are terrible. But losing your identity, you don't have any kind of direction in life. You don't know what what's next. What you're gonna do. I would personally view this, especially now, since I built this the podcast up this is probably 100 percent my identity it's it's i mean aviation is my job it's my hobby it's who i think i am like when i when i think think of when people associate me with anything they always say pilot they don't even necessarily say football anymore because that's been so long ago but i would definitely say that i identify kind of as a, like aviation and it's, it is my identity as a whole so you know, when i was thinking about that, losing your job and losing your identity those are that uh, that makes that even tougher. I mean, they're both suck, like I said, but losing your identity is, is pretty awful.
0: Exactly. And that is so important. And I want to break that idea that your, your job is your identity. And the reason why this is so important to me is because I recently was talking to one of my best friends who's a pilot and he was like, what am I going to do if I'm furloughed. What am I going to do? Like panic. What am I going to do? This is who I am. This is everything I am. And I was like, that is your job. You are you know, if you're not a pilot anymore, you're still a person. You're still going to find something next. You're going to find another thing to do. And then I started thinking, it's not just in the airline industry. It's there's many jobs where it's your identity. Like Like a police officer, like a fireman, like a parent, like Mm -hmm. there's certain things like we do off-roading. We're very butch. We watch basketball and we do off roading. I think you know that. And there was a gentleman that came. So every time you go, and we're part of a group, and you know, every time you go, you're always meeting new people. And there was this one gentleman who was a police officer. And this is an entire like the whole group is a gay group. And there was a police officer, and he had like a ba- he was showing his badge. Like he wasn't in uniform, but he was. He had his badge out, and you think, oh, that's not just a job. You have completely and. That is your identity. And I think Mm -hmm. when your job is your identity, it's more damaging if you lose your job. Like you just said, like pilots are like, oh, my God, not only am I going to lose my job, but I'm going to lose my identity. And that that's probably pushes that could push people over the edge.
2: Absolutely. I agree.
0: I just I just wanted to get your opinion on that because I was like I wonder what he thinks cuz he runs pilot to pilot and so it would it's important to think of having a backup plan if you don't continue being in the job that you're in for everyone.
2: Yeah. And when you say backup plan like a backup plan is easier said than done, you know? Like I want people to know I always say you need to have a backup plan, but I also, in my mind, always thought that this kind of situation would really never happen again. And so, like, you say backup plan, but I just want everyone to know that it is okay if you don't have a backup plan. It's okay if you don't have a hobby, but you need to try to find one. Like, you might not find something that you're as passionate about what what flying is, or maybe you won't identify as that, but try to go find something that you could enjoy outside of flying, because... Maybe it would help you, it would help soften the blow if you ever were load, and maybe you would lose your job and not your identity, you know? it's a, But don't be too hard on yourself if you don't have that yet, because it's okay. It takes time to find stuff. Like, I just played video games in flu before. It took me a long time to realize that I wanted to do a podcast. All
0: right, well, let me, um, let me rewind. So when I talk about backup plans, I don't mean... I don't mean saying, okay, if I'm not, if I can't read this book, I'm going to read that book. Or if I can't do this job, I'm what I, when I say backup plan, I mean, have an idea for what you're Mm -hmm. going to do. If, if something happens in your life, whether you lose your job, whether you you're divorced, whether something bad happens in your life, I think it's important. And this probably could this is great. I didn't know we were gonna go down this route. This is why I love podcasting. <laughs> but this is this is so true because I was talking about and you were like, hey everyone, just so you know, if you don't have one, it's okay. And that's really shows how we both come from different places in our life. Because I grew mm-hmm. up thinking, oh my God, you have to have a backup plan because everything's shitty. You don't you don't come from that. You come from a place of Hey, everything's good, everything's fine. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, no, it does make sense. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely have I've had opportunities in my life where I've had situations where I had to face a lot of adversity and kind of like get real with myself and figure out what I wanted to do. I mean, it was mainly football related, but I mean I going back to identity, before I identified as a pilot, I was a quarterback and I had mm-hmm. the identity of a quarterback and figuring out when that was gonna end and, and when I found out that I wasn't going to be able to carry that forward in the NFL or anything like that. Like that was a hard transition for me. Um, what I was saying by it's not okay that, or it's okay to not have a backup plan right now. is I just feel like people are very overwhelmed with what they, what they could think could be a backup plan, you know, because like when they look at, say someone gets furloughed and they've been doing real estate for 10 years, like, well, I already have a backup plan. And then someone else is like, well, I'm also a doctor, but I wanted to fly for fun. So that's my backup plan. I just want people to know that like, It is okay if you don't have, I think having a backup plan is huge and everyone should have one, but it comes easier to some people than others. And that could be based on life experiences. It could be based on uh, privileges that people have in their life and and just not having to see certain things that other people have and understand the necessity for having a backup plan. But I also think it's easier said than done to have a backup plan in a career because when you're in your career, you always kind of think that you're always going to be in that career. You never, you never really want to accept that the furlough could happen, if that makes sense right. until it's too oh, late. Yeah. Essentially,
0: absolutely. You know, I live in this world of having, uh, like, knowing what I'm going to do because it helps me if the shit hits the fan. Because then I'll say, mm-hmm. okay, well, I'm not going to fall apart. Um, life's going to be okay, and I. But I also know that I'm very lucky to live the life that I live. That I can do the things that I do. So I know what you're saying like it's if you don't have a backup plan or you don't know what you're going to do that's okay. D- you know, don't beat yourself up for it. And I get I get that message completely. I yeah. agree with you. Um but I think it's so important for people, you know, I think this year has been that year where people have really been shaken out of their comfort zone. I remember Mm -hmm. after not going to Starbucks for like four months, I went to the grocery store one day and um, the Starbucks in the grocery store was open. And I walked up and I was like, are you open? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh, okay. I'm going to, let me have this, whatever. And I walked out thinking, wow, I used to take for granted that I could just go to Starbucks and now I'm really appreciate it. And so like, it's just, I like to try to remind myself that bad things can happen or shit can happen and you should be prepared. I guess that's yeah.
2: that's important to it's me. Very, it is very important in, in kind of adapting to the situation. Yes. Uh, you can't always expect your life to continue how it is. Like when it's great, I kind of view my life as like different chapters, different stories, and I mm-hmm. try to make each story, each chapter, the best of their ability, but need to understand that they, those are temporary. One might be limited to nine pages. One might be hundred pages. One might be two pages. But I need to make those two or hundred pages as best as they can be. And I need to understand that I need to continue to adapt to the, the situations around me to, to create the best next chapter. If that makes sense. You,
0: you know, it's so weird that you you refer to life as a chapter in books. Because when I was talking to Rasha, who was on the episode, who's in the segment before you, one th- I told her about this thing that I had learned. Back in 1996, you were probably still in high school.
2: Do you want me to tell you how old I was then?
0: Sure. Why not just ruin the rest of my day? (laughs) You,
2: You said I was in high school. I was six years old. I went to Disney World for the first time in 1996.
0: So you were born in 1990? Yep. Okay, that's the year I graduated. I could literally be your dad, but we won't talk about that.
2: What's pop?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we did. We have this conversation via text. We did. We did. We did. But, yeah. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, we text each other. I'm cool like that. So all the time. All the time. So, but I was sharing with her that back in like '96, I lived in Fort Lauderdale, and I worked for Sam's Club in the jewelry department, and. I kept wanting to get promoted. I was like 22, 23 years old, 24 whatever. And um, i kept I wanted to get promoted to a district manager. It was the most important thing to me at the moment. And I kept getting passed up. And I remember I was up for one promotion. I was going to move I want I was going to move to Raleigh and run a ju- jewelry department in a Sam's Club in Raleigh. And they took and I said if I don't get this, I'm going to just quit, move back home and go to nursing school. And Obviously I went to nursing school. So we know how that worked out, but I was, I had this roommate. She was so crazy. I just have to tell you this. She was raised Mormon, like really strict Mormon. And then she broke away from the religion and we were roommates and I'll never forget one time I was walking by the bathroom and she was blaring Alice in chains while doing her makeup with no top on. And I stopped and I looked at her in the mirror and I said, well, now I know why you're not a Mormon anymore, but. I remember, and she is now again, because she found God and now she has like 32 kids. I don't know. But I remember I was good for her, her, 32 kids. That's great. You could have a basketball team. And I remember I was crying because we were packing up. We were, she was going to get her own apartment. I was going to move back home to go to nursing school. We lived in Fort Lauderdale and I was crying and she sat me down and she said, Joe, you have to imagine your life like a book. And that each chapter is a part of your life. Some are shorter, some are longer, and you cannot get through your book life until you go through all the chapters. So just because a chapter ends doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It just means, yay, I get to move on to the next chapter as I move my way through this book of life. So when you just said that, it just made me think, oh my God, I love Justin even more now. Because it makes, back. it makes, awesome. yeah, it makes sense. I love it. All right, listen, you are fabulous. But before I let you go, because I don't want to take all of your energy today, as you being an introvert, <laughs> but I, I up- appreciate it. You're welcome. I updated my "Let's Get Grounded" game because I had to take all the airline stuff out of it. It's been a lot of fun. I do like to change things up. So I want you to pick a number between one and a hundred.
2: Seventeen. All right. Okay. Was I supposed to tell you that number?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I got to know. like a th- magic show where no! you get it. Oh, <laughs> silly. I have to know what question to ask you. All right. Who would you swap lives with for a day?
2: Ooh, um, that's a great question. I, man. For one, I only have one day, and then I come back to my life. Like 24 hours.
0: Yeah, one day, swap uh, a life with anyone. Who would it be?
2: The first two people that came to mind are also named Justin, and I don't necessarily want to say the second one, so I'll say the first one. Uh, I'd say Justin Timberlake. I don't know why people have always called me like they would like make fun of me when I was younger, call me Justin Timberlake. But the dude can act, he can sing, he can dance. He's got like so much swag. And he seems to have a pretty cool life. I think Justin Timberlake would be kind of cool. I've always wanted to be able to sing or be like a a rock star per se. Uh Uh, So I maybe Justin Timberlake. I know that might be like really weird, and no one would ever think that. But I think I'll go with him.
0: (laughs) No, that makes who wouldn't want to be Justin Timberlake for twenty four hours? That's what I'm saying. And you get to bang his wife. (laughs) No. <laughs> you knew I, you should have known I was going to say that, but
2: um I know, I knew you were you know know going that way. <laughs> you know, what's so
0: funny about that is we have um a Jeep Gladiator, which is the truck, Jeep, mm-hmm. and the, it's the JT, like the Wrangler, the new Wrangler is oh, no called the JL, and so we call our, our Wrangler Jennifer J Lo. We call it J Lo because it's the JL version. And then the Gladiator, we call it the JT. It's the J T and we call it Justin Timberlake. So we That's have awesome. J Lo and Justin Timberlake. <laughs> I love that. That's Justin, awesome Justin. What about you? Oh, Who would you? Oh, oh. Oh, me? Oh my
2: God. Yeah, man. I'm asking you a question on your podcast.
0: Uh, you know, I don't know if I want to answer that question. Um That's fine. You no, know, no, right I'll answer it. No, I'll answer it. Um Oh God! Uh, probably if I could go and be somebody for a day, it would probably be Tom Hanks.
2: Ooh, all right, that's a good one. But you don't want to travel with Tom Hanks, so I would never get on a plane with you if that was the case.
0: Well, yeah, because for that he- day at least. <laughs> no, I would want to be Tom yeah. Hanks because. He's, 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 he's an actor. He's and You know, I love acting. He's also written a book and I just think he's a very smart and in- seasoned human being. And I think just being, yeah. this is going to sound dirty, but it's not just being inside him. <laughs> you know me, Justin. I know what you mean. I can't help, <laughs> yeah. I can't help <laughs> it. Just being him for a day. I think I would come out of it um, with a lot of knowledge. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's good see I went for like be able to dance be able to sing be able to do like have swag and you wanted to like improve yourself and get better so oh well that's that's, that's
0: just because I'm older than you if I was your age I would be like I want to be the entire and in sync like I would just want to be the entire group (laughs) Joey Fatone I bumped into him into a um a Waffle House like in 1999 it was
2: no way. In Orlando. I That's used to like in prime Orlando. and sync time too, right? It
0: was it was like prime and sync time. I was out with some friends in Orlando when I lived in Orlando. We it was an IHOP. We go to IHOP, and we're sitting there, and I look across, and there's Joey Fatone eating with all these people, and I'm like, oh my god! And here's another in sync, and then I'm gonna let you go, and I'm gonna stop talking. But I, you know, I was a nurse, and. Yeah. Years, years, years ago, I worked for a, a doctor's office, and Joey Fatone and his family were patients at this doctor's office.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: So there's that, there's that one degree to Justin Timberlake.
2: <laughs> I know, right? That's right. crazy. Justin, almost there. <laughs> almost there. Thank
0: you so much for coming on the podcast. Please let everyone know again where they can find you and how they can follow you and listen to you um, interview pilots, and I am excited.
2: Yeah, all the pilot things. Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, Pilot the Pilot. You don't to follow Twitter and Facebook, but I essentially only use Instagram. Uh, podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast. Just search Pilot the Pilot, and then that's pretty much it.
0: Thank you, Justin, for coming on the show again. You have a great weekend, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you, sir.
2: Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it, man. I wish you the best with uh, no more flight attendant and just grounded with Joe Thomas.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, man.
2: I'm excited for you. All right, see ya. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: If you enjoyed this episode of Grounded with Joe Thomas, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can also follow the Instagram page at Grounded with Joe Thomas on, you guessed it, Instagram. Tell all your friends, and we will see you next episode.